Hello and welcome to NCEA Podcast. This is Kevin Baxter, the Chief Innovation Officer for NCEA, and thank you so much for uh, joining us this week. Uh, this is a special episode. We're really, really excited. We're recording this on Wednesday, November 4th, the day after Election Day, and uh, we are speaking to two dedicated Catholic high school social studies teachers. Uh, we're blessed to have Daryl Burris uh, from Bishop Lynch High School in Dallas with us. Uh, he's in his seventh year at the school, and he teaches American government and world geography. Uh, before he came to Bishop Lynch, he spent 17 years teaching at Georgetown High School near Austin, Texas, and he has a total of 42 years teaching um, experience. So, Daryl, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin, so much. This is a great honor, and um, hopefully we can give you a different perspective for different parts of the country. Sounds like we've covered coast to coast and all that's in the middle. That's great. Thank you. We're also blessed to have Vincent Bradley with us. He is the chair of the History and Social Studies Department at Catholic Memorial School uh, in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, that school serves, a bo uh, serves boys from over 90 communities in the metro Boston area, including 60% from urban areas. He teaches AP U.S. History uh, and has presented at the College Board's AP National Conference several times. He was also the recipient of the Boston Archdiocese Excellence in Education Award in 2019, which recognized 10 educators within Catholic schools. So, Vin, thank you so much for joining us. Kevin, I'm really delighted to be here. Uh, as as Daryl said, it's an honor, and I'm I'm excited to uh, to meet with Daryl and talk to another Catholic educator from Texas. So um, this was obviously put together a little bit um, uh, on the fly because we thought it would be really, really relevant to talk to, to both of you um, now. And as uh, both Daryl and Vin kind of um, alluded to, we have a, an educator from Massachusetts, an educator from Texas, um, and obviously different perspectives in, in the country, and and, um, and and that's wonderful. I want to start, and Vin, I'll just kick this off to you to start with. Um, this election, obviously, in the country right now, and uh, very polarized. Uh, we've actually done a podcast with um, a representative from the USDCB on the polarization and faithful citizenship and these different pieces. But how have you talked about this with your students uh, in the run-up to the election? How did you uh, kind of tiptoe around some of those issues that uh, can be very sensitive right now in the country? Sure. I mean, I feel like um, when we talk about the run-up to the election, I, I feel almost like we've been running up to this for four years. Um, and, and we kind of look at it um, from the perspective of the, the school culture and the, uh, the culture and the classroom environment that our history and social studies teachers foster. Um, and we've had a number of discussions um, within our department um, over the past several years and, and with other departments, including our English department and this, this past year with theology, talking about civil discourse and the importance of civil discourse, um, not only to our school culture, but also towards cultivating future citizens and, and future leaders uh, coming out of Catholic schools uh, like Bishop Lynch and Catholic Memorial. So, uh, you know, really, in a sense, I, I feel like we've been getting ready for this moment um, for a long period of time in terms of um, some of the things that we've done. One initiative that we were part of was partnering with Facing History and Ourselves, uh, which is uh, has a headquarters uh, near our school in Boston. 
And um, they're a wonderful history and social studies professional development organization. And um, they, they initially started doing a lot of work on the Holocaust, but they've, they've branched out and done a number of things in terms of pedagogy. And we were part of their Inspiring Civility Project, which focused on um, creating norms in the classroom, um, respecting the dignity of all students, encouraging all students to participate, um, but also really recognizing, if I could put it simply, that we can disagree with each other uh, without being disagreeable and without violating the, the values of our community, our shared values of respect and, and dignity for all people. So um, the beginning of this year, um, our, our history department talked and we decided to adopt some of Facing History's norms um, with our classes and just to articulate some of our values in terms of um, honoring the dignity of every student in the classroom and, and being respectful towards, towards adults and towards students. And, um, and, and we really have had a, a good fall. Uh, all teachers have been able to, to talk about the election within the history department. And, um, and we haven't had um, really any, any anticipated problems. We were a little bit concerned about how it might go when we started talking about it in August. Um, but actually, we feel like it's gone fairly well. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Uh, thanks for that, Vin. Uh, we'll get back to some of those great, great concepts you talked about in terms of facing history as, uh, as we move forward. Daryl, I'll move to you. Um, in terms of your uh, focus, kind of thinking about it, and, and I take what uh, Vin shared um, about it doesn't feel like it was a short run-up, maybe a four-year run-up, but how have you uh, addressed the election within your own classroom uh, at Bishop Lynch? You know, we're a... Um... We're a co-ed school, a larger co-ed school. Um, we are in a, um, we have a very diverse population. Um, if you have, Dallas has almost become an international city in the last few years. Um, I have many first generation uh, Asian student, Asian American students, uh, African American students, first generation as, as well as uh, Hispanic Americans. And Dallas as a whole, uh, we're very diverse. Uh, Bishop Lynch comes from 62 different zip codes. Uh, we're very, we have a, we bus kids to the school. So it is, we've always been very careful, and the diocese has been great in directing this, and, uh, to make sure we're apolitical, but at the same time inform kids to make positive decisions. Um, you know, the rule of law. We want to make sure that... Um, all the kids have access to the information. We don't need to hide behind political ideas, but we need to make sure that we give fair and balanced and um, make sure that kids understand and make good decisions. Um, I think that my students in government, in fact, uh, we're studying the presidency at this time. It's a semester course for me. And, and um, we just got through, we're taking the steps for the election process. Uh, it's amazing today when they were looking at the board, they were able to, to do the math and to understand when states were called and why they weren't called. Um, but it's something that, um, as far as uneasiness, I, I think that um, we're all kind of uneasy about that. But, uh, but uh, the, the values we have as a Catholic school, um, as we're, we're trying to teach kids to that's, that uh, all these things are earthly and that uh, some of them are out of our control. 
That's one of the gifts about being in a Catholic school, right? That's that's beautiful, Daryl. Um, Vin, you know, I was reflecting on this, and I, I remember when I was in middle school, um, it was um, the 1980 election, so aging myself a little bit there. And I remember we did a mock election where, uh, you know, one of the students played Ronald Reagan, one of the students played Jimmy Carter, one of the students played John Anderson, if you remember John Anderson was the independent sure. candidate in 1980. And I just remember, like, they did speeches and we had a mock election. And I was thinking, could we even do that with with this election? Would that have even been a possible activity? And I don't know if you did or didn't or not, but I'm just curious about when you were sharing about the dignity of all students and disagreeing without being disagreeable. Um, how do you think maybe, and maybe this is an unfair question, but how have things changed? Was this a different election than you've experienced in the past when you've taught history? Uh, I've been, I've been teaching in Catholic school since 1996. Um, and, and so I, I do believe that the, the climate in the country has changed. And I think that was part of the reason why, um, we began these discussions and we've partnered with outside organizations. Um, and we've been more conscious and thoughtful and intentional about how we um, engage students in the classroom. Um, I, I think definitely um, over time, you know, our, our dialogue has become more coarse. Um, the language uh, in the mainstream has become more inappropriate. And, um, and I think that filters down to our, our students within the classroom. And so if you look at that 1980 debate, um, I mean, it, it, it just, it looks like it's, you know, almost from another era. I guess it is, I suppose it is because, it, you know, it's 40 years ago. But um, when you compare that to um, the debates this cycle, again, not to get political, but just the tone, uh, the tenor, uh, the dialogue, uh, there, there's a dramatic change over time that, that any uh, history or social studies student would uh, recognize. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think the climate has really changed in the country. Um, you know, certainly we, we have done a lot with simulations uh, in our school, um, simulation of historical debates. Um, we have partnered with the Edward Kennedy Institute, um, and they have a, a replica of the U.S. Senate chamber. Uh, we were one of the first schools to uh, to, to write, uh, the first high school in the country to write a, a Senate immersion module, uh, a simulation uh, of the, um, the U.S. entry into World War One, where each student will go and play the role of a senator. Um, and I, I do feel like sometimes if you locate those debates, uh, uh, a little further in history, it's it's easier to have that debate uh, than than in the current climate. Um, if you were to actually simulate the characters taking place in the current debates today, yeah, I think that's right. Um, so, Daryl, um, th this question too, in terms of um, you talked about the the wonderful diversity you have uh, at your high school, uh, and in terms of the tenor in the in the country, kind of big picture, um, really thinking about it in terms of our Catholic high schools and Catholic elementary or middle schools, but but how do we have that um, 
teach kids about how we do have those constructive conversations because being able to disagree is a really important thing, right? Being able to have a different position or to express your views, I think, is obviously important. But how do we? How are you working with your kids to really make sure they understand that those disagreements can be constructive, but they just need to be respectful, obviously? Great question. Uh, four years ago, we uh, we started noticing, uh, you know, our our demographics of our school was 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 changing and. We started having some more, uh, really a, a great diversity uh, training. Uh, we had several years of um, input, and what really came out of it was was knowing each individual student's story. Um, I think we we really we have several. Um, actually, I have several students here that that their dads were actually lost boys of Sudan, and they were sponsored by the diocese here in Dallas, as well as other churches, and they have a tremendous story. I have one of them that he's actually playing college football right now, and his, his dad was actually um, survived, was sponsored by families here in Dallas. His grandfather was killed in those wars in Sudan. Those are the things that when we think about diversity, when we sit in the classroom, is for you to really know the story of the person next to you. Um, we have wealthy kids at our school. We have several kids that are very needy, um, but it, and knowing those kind of things really uh, helps you be a little more uh, careful about your language. I, I, I agree with Vin totally. Um, in America, we're, we have such a, uh, we fuel the fire with a lot of our language. Um, I, I remember that debate very well between Reagan and Carter, and it, it was the epitome of civil discourse. and. Um, you know, you look back at Kennedy, Nixon, um, all of those things, you know, were something we're need. We're, you know, we're not dealing with uh, the real facts or the issues, but uh, we're, you know, we're trying to uh, to win by uh, just emotion. And uh, our kids need to learn that there's this, you know, the, the whole idea of uh, civil discussion. You know, I, I'm wondering that what their role models are seeing on TV. Uh, hopefully, they'll uh, they'll learn better for their own world. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. And, and again, those role models uh, obviously can help. Um, so then I'm, I'm sensitive to the fact we can do a lot with students in the classroom. I've heard from Catholic educators around the country that um, sometimes the issue is with the parents, that something's either said in the classroom or or misstated in the classroom or something's perceived to be a misstated. And then parents will sometimes I don't know if you've experienced that or not, but how how do we. Um, ensure that we can work with students in a way that's constructive and pushing them forward so they grow, but, but obviously um, balance that with, with parent concerns, you know, if, if certain issues are being discussed in some way that they, they view as potentially being inappropriate. Sure. I, th I think it's a great question. Um, I, think, I think one of the, the challenges is within the environment um, that, that Daryl spoke so eloquently about. Um, and I, I think we're experiencing kind of similar, similar currents that Daryl's uh, describing. Um, I, I think a lot of history educators, you know, public schools, private schools, Catholic schools, just kind of throw their hands up and, and say, you know, it's not worth it. You know, I'm just going to I'll stick to kind of traditional lessons and um, I'm not going to dip my toe into current events, discussions, and it's just not really, um, it's not worth the potential trouble. Um, but, 
I, I do think that, you know, we have a duty to, to educate students in, in the world that exists today. And I think that um, in our, at our school, and I, I think probably um, in a lot of Catholic schools, um, that, that parent-teacher relationship, that partnership with the family is so important. And um, if, you, if you understand the importance of trust in schools, um, the education researcher Megan Tishan and Moran talks about trust matters. And if you have trust in schools, and I, I think Catholic schools do, and we're building up even more trust during this, this COVID era, um, I, I think the parents are supportive of you. I, I, I think there's two things. You know, you, you don't want to be um, overtly political. I think you want to um, allow kids to express their views. I, I think focusing on um, process is important, educating kids about how our democratic institutions work, um, how the electoral college works, um, uh, the different chambers of Congress, um, how the elections work. Um, and then also really focusing with students on on facts, you know, saying that you're going to engage in a discussion um, that is going to be factually based. And if, if that's also part of your overall curriculum, if you're engaging in discussions on a regular basis um, and it's part of your school culture, um, that then becomes kind of secondhand to students. And it, it's not um, it's not something that's foreign to them or something where they want to get a rise out of you. It just becomes kind of part of the air that you breathe. Um, I'm fortunate in the school that, that I'm in, we have a, a very strong speech and debate team that's been uh, champions of the state three out of the past four years. And um, we've produced a number of local politicians. And um, I run a, a model UN program where we, we run a regional conference in Boston. So there's kind of a tradition of public speech, um, rhetoric, um, and, and really an excellence in that regard. And, and so it's, it's sort of part of who we are. Um, and I think parents see and recognize the importance of that skill, um, not only as a skill that honors the gifts that, that God gave students, but, but also a skill that's very important in 21st century learning and in preparation for higher education. So I think if you frame it in terms of um, citizenship, if you frame it in terms of academic skills, um, and then if it's also part of your, your shared values and the tradition of your school, um, you know, then, then it tends to go, uh, it tends to go much better. And I, I met with my department this morning. We had met in August and talked about more intentionally adopting these facing history standards. And it was kind of interesting, uh, just kind of going around the room and talking with different teachers and nobody really had any problems. They all talked about the election. They all did some lessons based on the election. Um, but to be honest with you, within, within our school, it was, it was somewhat anticlimactic. Uh, some of the, the things that we thought might happen actually um, didn't occur. Kids just engaged in the election and, you know, uh, became more informed and, and, uh, and that was that. So um, I hope that answers your question, Kevin. No, it does. That's great. And, and Daryl, I'll, I'll come to you with um, obviously anything with parents, if you have anything um, to add to what Vin shared. But I'm also curious about faculty uh, and, and even you're within your social studies department or, or even wider, the wider faculty, um, how you deal with uh, any kind of conversations or even disagreements that might arise within that, within that tight-knit group that often, um, you know, those things can, of course, surface uh, within those groups. 
Our social studies department here is, is really good about, um, in fact, just before this podcast, I was with a couple of our, you know, Dr. Morris and a few of our other instructors, and we were looking at the board, and, and we were discussing with our English, a uh, couple of other English staff members, you know, the situations about, you know, the protocol in different states, every state have their own election laws, and and uh, should they, and, and you know, you know when, when President uh, Trump last night said it may go to the Supreme Court, I said, well, there's, it's got to be an infringement on federal law. If it's just an election law that's adopted locally, it's got to go through the state level. But you love that kind of, um, we're able to have a really good discussion, factual, and, I, and it really carries over to our kids, our English department and uh, all of the other fine arts are, and uh, liberal arts have been really, um, really share, you know, well, uh, the dialogue and, and, uh, it really makes for a good environment. Uh, you said something, Ben, very important about trust. Um, you know, I think that our school has been very fortunate. The kids trust us. Uh, they're able to, to confide in us. And I think that um, we were able to give political facts. I always tell kids it's kind of like a problem. You, you, you put an issue out there. Uh, what tools are you able to solve the issue? Um, so I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned... Uh, Model UN, you know, we have a really good uh, mock trial group here. Um, so our kids end debate, and our kids are, you know, the same way. We need to, sometimes I think as faculty and parents, we we tie kids down and don't let them, we're afraid of what they will say. But our kids are really, you know, uh, able to really assert themselves. And uh, our, our kids, everyone that was 18, they were registered to vote. I had uh, three of my students work the, work the uh, polls yesterday. Uh, for extra credit <laughs> so uh, but yes I, I, I think we're both in line that we're very fortunate to be at schools that really support our kids and we want our kids to, pre to prepare them for future political careers that's great uh, I want to so last uh, few minutes here we have I want to talk about kind of lecture last night and then kind of where we are today um, and uh, then you kind of alluded a little bit to this that um at least at this point, I, and I will tell you just from my own perspective, I was worried about potential violence and rioting even and all these things, regardless of who won, um, just because the polarization leading up to it um, has been so strong. Of course, we don't have a decision yet. So that's maybe the first question, Then, in terms of going into yesterday and maybe even when the kids left school, you know, well, we're going to have the election tonight and then coming back today. Were there conversations about we don't have a decision yet or how did you talk about that today in the classroom? Yeah, it's a great question. So the easy answer is um, we're, at a, we're at a hybrid schedule in Boston. So uh, we're, we're going to school in two different cohorts um, with uh, two in-school days. So uh, kids go to school Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday. They do one online session a week. And then um, Wednesday, we have uh, special programming. And today, we just happen to have a faculty day. So I didn't interact with students um, today. But to your point, we, we had kind of talked in class, um, at least in my own class. And, and um, you know, I had suggested, you know, it may not be settled tomorrow, probably won't be. And, and a lot of kids had kind of come to that conclusion as well. So I, I think they, um, they expected that. Um, I don't think they were all that surprised. I'll, I'll be curious tomorrow uh, when I get back in the classroom with students to uh, to see their reaction. But, um, you know, I was teaching, uh, as, as I'm sure Daryl was as well, you know, in the year 2000. And, um, you know, we went um, 
you know, nearly 40 days uh, without knowing the result of an election and things were just fine. Um, so um, I, I think we've been through this before and having having adults in the community who can, you know, kind of recall that and remember that I think is important as well, having that historical perspective. Yeah, that's great. Um, Daryl, talk a little bit about today in the classroom and, and, and maybe Daryl too, uh, I'm thinking too about the future. Um, you know, the facing history that uh, Vin alluded to and, and really thinking about this idea of obviously the dignity of all students and um, we're educating the citizens of tomorrow or with their citizens today, of course, but the adult citizens of tomorrow and those who are going to vote. Um, and obviously you have 18 year olds who voted this election, but voting for the next two decades, three decades, four decades. Um, and in terms of how we really educate them to make sure that they always understand that this is how we should approach each other in a constructive democracy. Um, so just thoughts about today and then maybe a little bit about, about how you view that role that you, you have, obviously, in educating them um, for their role as citizens. I'll give you one example. I had a professor in college that uh, each summer he would uh, go and build villages and work with uh, infrastructure in, in uh, Peru. And uh, he would, they, they were amazed in America that uh, elections had no wars, no uh, no fighting, no shootings, and that you actually had a, a, a scheduled revolution every four years, the first Tuesday in November, and people may disagree, but uh, they agreed to disagree. Um, I'm, I'm like you, both of you, I was prepared for some violence. Uh, a lot of the cities have boarded up many of their stores. Um, I think it's, it's, it's very important that, um, that the kids understand that uh, in America, that discourse, uh, I think many of them were shocked at the first presidential debate. They were all like, you know, we would never do that. And, uh, and I think America learned a lesson there. Uh, you know, we've got to get back to, uh, to be able to agree to disagree. You know, um, the Catholic Church is a broad, diverse group. And, you know, we have got to um, sit down and, and think about the issues that, that really are important and focus on those. And I always tell my students, I said, don't, you know, because many are anxious, they worry. And uh, I tell them that, you know, this is in God's hands. And uh, we've survived many things. And uh, we will again. And I think it's just our trust and our faith. And uh, I always tell them, even when Trump was elected in 2016, I said, sometimes there are cycles in history. And I know Vin can say, agree on this as well, that that happened to be the person at the moment. And, but, you know, we go through cycles and things come back and, and just remember the rule of law and, and we'll be fine. That's great. Um, so Vin, a little bit about uh, kind of discussing controversial issues in the classroom and, uh, and how you approach that. You know, one, one important resource that, uh, that I came upon, um, Diana Hess is out of the University of Wisconsin and she has a book called Controversy in the Classroom, and her, her point is kind of a simple point. It's, it's stating that if we as high school educators, um, public and private schools, Catholic schools, do not equip our students with the ability to discuss these issues and to do the problem solving that democracy requires of us. And, and as, as Daryl said, to, to agree to disagree. 
um, you know, then that really actually creates problems later on in our democracy because um, kids will then go to college where, you know, they may be shipped off to a, a place that maybe that's less diverse than the high school that, that we teach in. And, um, and then they, they go to a community that might even be even less diverse and they have trouble getting along as adults with other people. So I, I think it's incumbent upon us as educators really to, to equip kids with those 21st century problem solving skills and those, those really strong collaborative skills, what, what we call the soft skills, um, you know, the ability to navigate, the ability to have some, some grace, uh, the things that really Catholic school graduates have, have done for ages. I, I think those things are, are just in more demand now. And, and the more that we work at them as educators, the more we give our kids the opportunity to, to practice those skills. Um, I, I think, you know, we're going to serve our families better. Um, and, and I think the society will be, will be much better off. Uh, it's beautiful, Vin. Very beautiful. Um, I want to give both of you an opportunity, Daryl uh, and Vin, um, as we kind of close out here. You've both obviously been uh, wonderful and, and shared so much wisdom with those listening. But we have Catholic educators across the country listening. Any, um, What's a one piece of advice or maybe a, something you'd really want to leave with people um, in terms of the election, of course, but but a lot of what we've been talking about in terms of how do we educate uh, young people um, in the classroom when we're dealing with topics that can be either controversial or just heated, or there's a lot of energy on both sides. Daryl, I'll start with you. Any any pieces of advice that you'd give to other educators in the country uh, with regard to how to handle those issues? I'll point back to the uh, what I was said earlier about getting to know your students. Um, I'll give you a great example last night. You know how I was talking to my students today, how we, we try to lump uh, subpopulations like we like to lump Asians and Hispanics and everything in one one uh, you know monolithic uh, group and uh, uh, it, last night was a prime example of the uh, the Cuban Americans in South Florida you know are a different you know population in other words they're voting their votes their needs you know their history and I, I use that as an example in my classroom, and I think all kids, don't assume the kid next to you is, has this or that or doesn't have any problems. And it's, we, have a, we have a house system we started last year here, which is a way for our kids for, from our 9th through 12th. It's, it's almost like what I would call accelerated homeroom and getting to know each other and, and bonding and, and with upperclassmen and lowerclassmen. And, you know, a lot of times in my 40 plus years in education, uh, you always see the problem of the little boy in the room that you never hear from. But do you really know, you know, his story and each person? And I think that uh, we the individual uh, know their problems, uh, let it know each other and, um, and and discuss those problems. And I think that in a world we live today, I think that's that's seems like a very simple answer, but I, I think it'll go a long way. That's uh, a beautiful answer, Daryl. Thanks for that. Uh, Vin, same question to you. Any, uh, any uh, advice or, or piece to the educator out there right now who might be you know, thinking about how they handle this or how they're dealing with this in their own classroom? Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I think Daryl had a good point, you know, knowing your students. And um, it, it's, it's been great to, to listen to Daryl. I, I, I feel like there's a commonality among Catholic school educators that, you know, we could probably teach across the hall from each other and get along really well. Um, but I think knowing your students and, 
and um, and you know setting norms within the classroom and, and and by that I mean really respecting the dignity of every student, being respectful to the adult in the room, um, honoring the the gifts that God has given you uh, through putting those gifts to good use and not dishonoring them. Um, I think I think if you if you frame it that way. Um, you know, you could you could have a pretty wide range of discussion, and 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 you know really open up uh, on everything, and and then students are able to see where other students um, fit. You know what they believe, how they think, where they come down on different issues, and and just as Daryl said, it, it it always comes out different than you might think, and then it sort of takes this suspicion out that maybe students might have of each other. And they, they sort of understand where they fit. And, and you see, you know, these friendships blossom between, you know, kids who, who lean left and lean right. And, but they're, they're sort of joined at the hip. They're, they're best buddies. And there's no reason that you can't be. So, uh, you know, I think having that sort of esprit de corps and respect for diversity of views, um, respect for, for intellectual diversity, um, as, as long as respectful to everybody else, um, I, I think those are the keys um, to, to really having a, a civil discourse and to educating our students really well. That's, uh, that's beautiful. Um, well, uh, we, we have been blessed by both of you. Uh, you are both wonderful examples of uh, Catholic school teachers and uh, the work you're doing each and every day. Um, obviously, just so grateful um, for that and grateful to the you know, for the witness that you provide to your students. And um, I'm, I'm with Vin. I think you guys would, would be great colleagues. And, um, and we're, uh, we're just so blessed to have both of you. So, Daryl, Vin, thanks so much uh, for joining the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Vin. Thank you so much for inviting us. Kevin, thanks for having us. And, and Daryl, it's been, it's been great to have a conversation with you and Kevin. Great. All right. That is uh, NCEA podcast for this week. Thanks so much for joining us. It's Kevin Baxter, the Chief Innovation Officer, and we'll see you next time. God bless. Mm-hmm.